It's bedtime for a little girl near Bristol in England. She's settling in for a story, but not from her parents. In fact, this little girl is all alone in her room, and the story comes to her over a phone line from the voice of a woman she's never met. And that's what's happening on Relate this week. I'm Tamara Stanners, and this is Relate by Zendesk. We look at relationships from every angle. And today's relationship is, well, it's complicated. Producer Andy Shepard is here with me this week. And Andy, I want you to give us the lay of the land on this one. Well, I think this story is kind of about taking care of yourself, uh, even when you're trying to help other people. Yeah. You know, you can't help anyone else when you're in trouble yourself. Mm-hmm. So this starts with this bedtime story. You know, I could hear her breathing getting quieter and just sort of started. You know, once upon a time there was a little girl called Lucy and she had a little dog called Bruno. And Bruno and Lucy used to have lovely times in the forest. And then I, I she probably... So this is Hilary Enriquez. And the thing is, she's not this little girl's mother. In fact, she's never even seen this girl before. Okay, how does that even work? Well, Hillary is the founder of this program in the UK called the National Association for Children of Alcoholics. They call it NACOA for short. And it's this helpline for kids to call when they need someone to talk to. Oh, that sounds amazing. But it also sounds like this story might be a little heart-wrenching. There's definitely some tough stuff here. You know, on the one hand, in these calls, like the conversations are, are practical. Have you got enough bed clothes? He has got enough bed clothes. Have you got this? Have you got that? You know, just real practical things. Have you changed out of your uniform into your nice snuggly pyjamas? Because lots of people... But on the other hand, it's about connecting deeply with these kids who are in really difficult situations at home. Well, first off, I love the fact that there is this kind of helpline for kids in need. They're getting help. But what about the people providing the help, like Hillary? Well, I mean, my understanding, like any kind of counseling work, um, it's re- really rewarding. Yeah. But it's super demanding yeah. emotionally. People say to me, oh, my God, I don't know how you do that. I wouldn't know what to say. And I quite often will say, well, um, sometimes you don't need to say anything. You just need to listen. And listening and engaging in these conversations comes naturally to Hillary. She feels that this is something she was destined to do because, you see, she grew up in a family where there was alcohol abuse and she has this one particular memory. Where I've run out of the house because uh, my mother's screaming at me. And I get halfway up the lane and I crouch down to make myself as small as I can. And I'm saying to myself, I will never do this to my children. And in a way, the kids who call the helpline are her children. I mean, unlike her mother, Hillary's actually providing uh, real comfort to these kids who so desperately need it. And, you know, sometimes all that means is, you know, something as simple as reading them a bedtime story. When it sort of first started to happen, it just seemed, you know, I knew that this little girl was really tired. She knew she could go downstairs to get a glass of milk between certain times, but not after. So it was a question of, okay, what can we do right now? Okay, have you got your milk? Got my milk. Um, you know, have you got enough bed clothes? He has got enough bed clothes. Have you got this? Have you got that? And then it was, you know, I could hear her breathing getting quieter. 
and just sort of started. You know, once upon a time there was a little girl called Lucy and she had a little dog called Bruno. Bruno and Lucy used to have lovely times in the forest. And then I, I, she probably said something back to me and said, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And we've got a cat called, you know, Timmy. And, and it was just a way of getting that child to know she could go to sleep quietly. It really can't be easy to keep yourself emotionally separated from these situations, you know, with these children who need you and you can't be there. Yeah, well, there was this one caller who worked her way into Hillary's life in a way that she couldn't have anticipated. She called from a very early age. She had gone into foster care after living with her father who had committed suicide and her two brothers had committed suicide. So she was in care, she was in foster care when she started to ring. It was, she was just so vulnerable. And so... She was angry too, and for good reason. Because everyone left her. Um, she started off, you know, well, you're going to leave me as well, so I may as well not talk to you. So it was testy, so to speak. But of course it was, because he, the people who she loved and who loved her had, had ultimately left her. So she had lots of panic attacks. Uh, so a lot of the work was about breathing and, you know, holding it and then breathing out. So doing that with her. Um, she cried a lot. Um, she, the more she got to know us and knew that we always picked up the phone, we could hear all of her anger and all of her despair. We could hear everything and never put the phone down on her. That is the exact kind of unconditional support that kids like that need. And, you know, they need to know that there's somebody there for them no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And Hillary became the main person uh, that she called. They had this relationship. The young girl would, she'd call regularly over the years and Hillary got to know her deepest thoughts. But, you know, there's a flip side to this intimacy. And of course, the more she got to know us, uh, the more she trusted us the more she sort of started to use us like all of us human beings do, which is you take out the worst behaviour on the people you know are going to be there. You know, you always hurt the ones you love. That's what they say. And, mm -hmm. and it's hard to be, like, you know, if you're a parent, even if you're a parent, it's hard to be unconditionally supportive in a situation that's really difficult like that. But then the calls went in this unexpected direction. She became a little obsessed with the fact that we might disappear. Because, of course, she thought we were going to disappear because everyone in her life had disappeared. So she was w worried about money, our money. And, well, she would say, well, but are you going to have enough money to keep going? And I think she'd gone onto the website and found the accounts on the website, which, of course, are clearly published. You know, and quite frankly, the accounts did look pretty grim. And then she she sent us some money, a postal order. Um, I think it was for five pounds. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like selfless, but for good reason. Yeah, no kidding. Although Hillary didn't want to accept this money. That was a really interesting thing because part of me thought this is changing the relationship. 
But the thing is, she couldn't exactly refuse the money because the girl had sent it through their public donation form. So Hillary is a problem solver. She figured out what she would do is set up this regular dedicated call for the girl. Wednesday afternoons at a certain time, she would call the helpline and it would be put through to me. And she didn't treat this as helpline time. This was different. What we would do is I started it so I could tell her about funding and tell her about what I was doing. So she just didn't have someone, you know, wafting her away and said, oh, no, no, you know, you can't help. So she would be then less worried about the helpline disappearing like everything else good in her life had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, eventually... The, these two things started to overlap. Like right. the calls with Hillary started to overlap with these those personal helpline calls. We began to get quite close. And she started to tell me things that she wasn't talking to the helpline about, which, you know, makes sense because she'd started to think, well, you know, I guess if everyone else goes, Hillary's always going to be there sort of thing. Um, and so it... We went from it being all about money um, to being about her as well. So the lines sort of got blurred in terms of boundaries. Uh, Well, it got more complicated. And Hillary knew that this girl was from the same town that the helpline was located in. And and one day on the phone, the girl told Hillary that she'd actually seen her at a local charity event. And she said, and then I thought... (gasps) If I go and speak to her here, everything changes. Wasn't that an amazing insight? Whatever in her mind she built up around me, she would see probably something completely different. And I think she probably thought the same about her. And and it's true. Um, It's really interesting um, that she she knew that. She, She knew that everything would change. It's sort of like when you meet a radio host that you love and they look nothing like what you've imagined them to be. Well, it, it sort of pops a right. bubble. And, and there's, there's something like talking on the phone in particular is really quite intimate. Yeah. Right? And then, and the, but the dynamic is different when you meet the person in person. So the problem was that this girl was not open to, to change, right? She'd had enough change in her life, I think. And she'd come to rely on Hillary. She'd started calling at the age of seven And by now she was 12 years old or so. Hmm. And by this point, the calls were getting darker and darker. And the girl had started to drink herself. Oh, no. Well, and also she started to get more angry at Hillary, Hmm. right? I mean, one day this girl started to question Hillary's qualifications, you know, about her ability to counsel. You know, what did Hillary know about family substance abuse? And I just thought, I can't do this anymore. Um, I mean, she was telling me she never wanted to speak to me again. Um, And she slammed the phone down. And I do remember standing up, closing the door, because I knew what I needed to do was sit with my thoughts for a while, because they were everywhere. And I was, my body was a little bit jittery. And and I, I, I sat with my head in my hands. Oh, after she'd invested so much emotionally to this girl, it must have been so hard to go through this. Well, you know, in a way, the the abuse that Hillary had endured when she was a kid gave her, you know, strength and, and purpose as an adult. But she was also figuring out that there were limits to what she could do. So what could she do in a situation like this? Her job is to help kids in need, but when it's actually hurting you, then what? 
Yeah, I think she was at a crossroads at this point. I think because of where I came from, I am quite good, probably too good sometimes, at compartmentalising things. And it's interesting because as soon as I realised I it, I was holding on to it somewhere in my body, that I began to take a bit more time off. So she reflected, you know, she examined her role as a support worker and she needed to figure out a way to, you know, know where the boundaries were uh, for these types of calls. You know, I think that's key for a person in this kind of situation. You really have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and really, you know, breathe for yourself. Yeah, and she found that perspective and she came back to work and she was ready to take this girl's calls again. But the girl never called back. What? What happened to her? Well, we don't really know. I thought she would ring back, to be honest, because she had, you know, she'd slammed the phone down on me before. Um, and she didn't. And she didn't. I was quite shocked by that. And then I realised I was relieved because it gave me the opportunity to not park it. The opportunity to unload all of that emotional weight and baggage. Yeah, and that's the thing with these uh, kinds of helplines. I mean, it never really ends, right? So as a counsellor, you have to build in time to decompress or to move on to other clients. But Hillary still thought about this particular girl. So there wasn't a point when I told her I wasn't going to speak to her again. But I think what she realised she'd done was she'd pushed me into the same category as her dad and her brothers and her best friend who'd all committed suicide. It was like she had made me dead to her. Um, And that's quite hard um, to think about and to know that. But that was the way it had to be for her, I think. It sounds like Hillary needed to walk to the edge of this one relationship to truly understand how that she could really help the other kids in need that were calling her helpline who were in similar situations and to make sure that she'd also get out of these relationships alive. I think so, yeah. I really believe that I've got a balance between I know now what I can, I know my limits, I guess. And if things are tough, I reach out for help from people that I trust. And sometimes I walk away for a few days just to have quiet time for myself and to think things through. Special thanks to Lily Ames for that interview with Hilary Enriquez. Hopefully the relationships you have at work and at home are way less stressful. But it does get you thinking about how we connect, especially over the phone. There's a really useful article over on the Relate online magazine called How to Interact with Customers on the Phone. And it's literally that, a step-by-step guide for how best to manage phone calls with customers so you can get the best results. Check it out at relate.zendesk.com.
That's it for Relate this time around. In two weeks, the Frenemies episode. We're looking at adversarial relationships, in particular, people who fight each other for a living. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you listen. For more articles on connecting to your customers in deeper ways, visit relate.zendesk.com. And if you want to explore technology built to improve your customer interactions, head over to zendesk.com for a free trial. I'm Tamara Stanners. Talk to you soon.